0: Today's podcast episode is brought to you by the Authentication, Validation, and Management Toolkit for those AP vendor maintenance teams that still have a mostly manual process and need fraud prevention at each critical step of the vendor maintenance process. Go to DeborahRRichardson.com to see the authentication techniques, internal controls, best practices, and what template forms, vendor communications, and desktop procedures are included. Stay tuned. In May 2019, there was a story about St. Ambrose Catholic Parish in New Brunswick, Ohio, that was a victim of business email compromise and sent two payments totaling $1.75 million to a cybercriminal. Find out what could have alerted the church faster that fraud had occurred. Welcome to episode 40. What stuck out from the news article that could have detected fraud faster in one business email compromise or BEC incident. Now, if you've been following the news in your favorite news outlets, you've probably seen examples of businesses being taken by business email compromise scam or phishing incidents and really they both are kind of the same thing and it's where uh, it's a form of social engineering where fraudsters are really able to get employees to send money to their fraudulent bank accounts. And it can be via ACH or it can be via wire. Now, the difference between a phishing incident and a business email compromise scam is with business email compromise scam, the uh, fraudsters or the cyber criminals take a slightly different approach. It's not where they just send out a ton of phishing emails and see who bites. They actually target specific C-level employees or any employee that may be able to make a or request a change. And those that are in charge of sending wires or updating bank accounts would see them as an authority. And also not just within the business, but also the customer as well. And so the business email compromise scam, what the Uh, cyber criminals or fraudsters will do is they will not take that approach. They will actually hack into the email system either impersonating the um, CEO or the customer, and they will just sit there for a while. They will identify what the patterns of payments are, what the patterns of the CEO's um, CEO being out of the office uh, are, and when the time is right, then they will strike. And that appears to be what happened to St. Ambrose Catholic Parish in May of 2019. And here, the hackers infiltrated um, an employee email account at the church. Now, it doesn't say whose, uh, but it appears emails came from an employee. It may have been a CEO, and that resulted in a change of and construction vendors banking. So again, this is classic business email scam where they trick the employees to send in payments. And that resulted in two payments totaling $1.75 million being sent to a cybercriminal and not to the vendor. Now, as a side note, it doesn't always have to come from email. Also be aware if a call is received because there's something new out there. What if in the future an employee receives a call from who they think is the CEO, but in actuality, it's a fraudster using artificial intelligence to create a deep fake? audio of your CEO. And keep in mind, a lot of employees, I mean, we hear our CEOs in some announcements, we see them in videos, but we really don't, not all employees actually talk to the CEO on the phone. So this may be a very real threat. So Think about it. Would you or your team know how to handle that? BBC News has the article about a deep faked audio and artificial intelligence being used to create it. And I will put a link to it in the comments. And then also, Vice.com has a deep fake audio of Mark. Zuckerberg, which was shared on social networks. So, what will help with business email compromise scam and also, I guess, what you can call business phone compromise scam? What can help with both of those? Well, security awareness training. And there are third-party vendors that provide security awareness training, along with maybe your IT team has already provided some training. And then there is authentication techniques, internal controls, and best practices that I have all across my website, either in an e-guide or a toolkit at deborahrrichardson.com. And both security awareness training and the techniques, internal controls, and best practices that I include are your best defenses against business email compromise. It's really getting your staff knowledgeable about how to identify fraudulent emails. And then because no employee can be 100% 100% of the time, also having processes in place that will prevent fraudulent data from creeping into your vendor master file. And that will also prevent fraudulent payments. I also have a blog post where I talked about four steps to protect your vendor's banking from being changed by a cybercriminal, which includes a critical step that most companies leave out, and I will put a link to that in the show notes. And that article includes authenticating the request, validating the request before actually changing the banking, and sending a notification to the vendor. So that's how to prevent phishing scams and business email compromise scams from happening in your company. But what if it's already happened and no one knows about it yet? What really stuck out for me in this story was they identified in one sentence what could have found the fraud faster. And that was verbiage that indicated the vendor, the actual real vendor, did not contact them until after two months. Well, that got me to thinking, what could they have done in those two months that's outside of what I've already talked about with preventing it from happening in the first place? And then I also talk about in the blog post about sending a note to the vendor after changes have been made. This is beside that piece what about statement review so they had two months which means that if they were reviewing their statements that first month they would have identified that the payment was not made because the real vendor would have still included that invoice on their statement Now, back when I was a controller at a regional office where we had a centralized AP department, accounts payable AP department, and our role was to only key in the invoices. And then those invoices would then post to the master account along with other regional offices. And all invoices would be paid on one check or one ACH. So we had a manual process because we had to manually key it in. And this is back in 2009, 2010. So yes, we still had a manual process, but I still had the team add vendor statement reviews to its monthly checklist. And keep in mind, this was my first position as a controller. And this was also my first foray or introduction into the wild world of accounts payable. And so what I noticed is that we were getting all these statements in the mail and they were, the team was just kind of piling them up. And I knew that periodically we would have questions about why some invoices weren't being paid, and we would have to research those. And then I thought, well, if we were proactive and did some statement reviews, then we wouldn't get so many inquiries from our vendors. And I'm not going to, you know, say that it was always a priority. I mean, like anything else, we had competing priorities, and sometimes it was done and sometimes it wasn't. But if I were still a controller in 2019, which is when I'm taping this podcast, in today's fraud reality, I would now make it a priority. And I know I can hear you through the podcast. I know you have a full plate. I know that if you are partially manual or have a full manual process, that it's hard to add in statements, especially if you have quite a few vendors. But what I recommend is two things. First, segment your vendors. You may not be able to review all of your vendors, especially, again, if you have that full uh, partial manual process. But how about the vendors that have extended projects and or that require large payments at specific times. Now remember, these fraudsters or cyber criminals that are perpetrating these business email account scams, they're not just coming in. They're coming in and they're waiting around. They're looking at those large vendors who have extended projects, who keep getting paid large sums of money. They're looking at that and they're striking when the time is right. So how about putting those vendors on a list and have team members review those statements as soon as they come in? Had the church done that, they would have uncovered the fraud Earlier after the first fraudulent payment, with the statement review following the first payment. The other recommendation I have is you know, automate. And I know I say that as if it's so easy, and I know that it's not, but there are third party vendor statement review solutions or tools out there that can be as simple as uploading the vendor statement or even go as far as integrating with your accounting system or ERP so that it automates the review of the vendor statement. Now, I talked about RPA, especially in my last podcast where I had Diversified Robotic on, but RPA may be able to automate or assist that process as well if you receive your statements via email so there may be some opportunities to fully automate or partially automate that statement review process and again i know it's not easy i know whatever funds that you get for AP has to be approved and probably go through quite a few layers. You need a layers, I'm sorry. You need a um, business case, you need ROI, but I think that it is a convincing business case for your um, leadership, especially because the uh, fraudsters or the cyber criminal are really targeting them. So it's in their best interest if they approve some type of automation in order to reduce the potential for business email compromise or um, phishing uh, incidents. So that's my two cents. And yes, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but let's use these unfortunate incidents as a lesson learned so it does not happen to you or your team or your company. So thanks everyone. I hope you enjoyed the 39th episode of the Putting the AP and Happy podcast where accounts payable team members are empowered to protect the vendor master file from fraud. Don't forget to check the show notes for the links mentioned in the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and writing a review of my podcast on the platform that you use to listen. Stay happy.